presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Mo Patton, Justin Kulik on the controls. Justin, the show killer, what's up? Hey, hey, what's up? <laughs> show killer, I kill all shows. You kill it, every show. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, man. Hope you guys are having a fantastic uh, middle of the week. Hump day. What day is it? Hump day. That's right. That's what we like to hear. And we're on the backside of it. We are rolling downhill now on this week what, 10 of high school football mm-hmm. season. And, man, can't believe the season's almost over. Isn't it's it's unfortunate. It really is. It just flies by. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, depends on who you ask. <laughs> I guess that's true. Oh, man. But, um, Mo, how's it going? What's going on? So, all right, looking forward to this show. We've got um, Heather Williams of WCYB TV out of Bristol, as we do every Wednesday. Talk a little NASCAR, and there's a little NASCAR to talk. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then we've got Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian as the Grizzlies get ready to open their regular season at FedEx Arena against the New York Knickerbockers. Should Not the Knox, Not as, the Knox, as someone was <laughs> typing into the runner show earlier. It uh, is. It is what it is. Yeah. So, should be fun. Um, it will be good because Drew Hill is, uh, it, you know, he's he's there. Mm-hmm. He's in it all the time. We, it's we ground could, zero. We could talk to a lot of folks about the Grizzlies, but he's he's going to have a little bit of extra knowledge because he is there on a daily basis covering that team. So, looking forward to the NBA season. I, I don't do a whole lot of NBA, but I have. Since last year, I kind of got into it a little bit more. And Well, sure. It's like we were saying yesterday when we were talking to Landon Seacrest. I think John Morant kind of makes the Grizzlies, in particular, must-see TV. And so us, with that, it? you know, it makes – it it creates a little bit more interest in this area for the Grizzlies and for the NBA as a, as a result, I think. We're also going to get into uh, some SEC football talk, also some SEC basketball talk as the media met down in Birmingham this weekend. With a lot less fanfare than football. You know, that's unfortunate because it's in the middle of football season, so yeah. you can't just, you know. But they don't do it any favors either, I don't think. I mean, I'm not sure how they could change it, but I don't think they help it. It's it's a little it's just a weird situation for basketball. Yeah. Which for a conference as good as it is in basketball, you would think it would have a little more fanfare. But yeah. Again, <laughs> it's the middle of football season it's, and it's the middle of football season. And in the SEC, it's either football season, recruiting, spring practice, or football preseason. And that's it. So, at I all mean, times. Yeah. And you know, there are and there are few, very few schools. Maybe Kentucky, and I know definitely Kentucky, but maybe be, be careful. Maybe Florida. I, I don't know how many schools have a beat basketball beat writer and a football beat writer. 
I don't know that for, Florida does. I think Florida did probably when they were really rolling. Um, but I don't besides Kentucky, I don't know that anybody most, really does have a dedicated basketball beat writer for their So you got a choice. You can go to the football press conferences or you can or go you can to go basketball this. media day in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. No. It just seems to me like yeah, and it's a pretty it, obvious choice. Especially now when again media day doesn't or media days don't necessarily mean what they did because right. you know you're not again when back in the mid 90s and before you were loading up for preseason stuff nowadays you kind of have access to where you don't have to gather interviews and that kind of thing to do your preseason stuff you've with the internet and that kind of thing you have enough content and access to do that kind of thing so media day is kind of a something that you cover in and of itself, but it's not for long-term stuff. Right. So nobody's going to necessarily dip out of football coverage to go cover basketball media day when you can get Rick Barnes or John Calipari or whoever it is that you need pretty much anytime on campus. Yeah. So, so. But that's okay. Look, they but had still it. some interesting stuff coming out of it because they did the preseason conference predictions. They did the preseason all-conference teams, that kind of thing. You know, I, I may mention last night on my Facebook, Vanderbilt women are picked to finish 14th. And, I mean, well, Vanderbilt used to be really, really good, guys. I mean, it's maybe well, not in a lot of folks' lifetimes, but Vanderbilt used to be really, really good. I remember it. Some I was there. Interesting names on that SEC men's basketball preseason all SEC team, mm -hmm. particularly at the guard spot on the second team. We'll get to it mm -hmm. in the next uh, in segment four today. So plenty to get to. Again, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. So the weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming your way. That's always from across the world and from Florida and Florida. That's yeah. right. From which basically is its own world. So. You know, <laughs> yeah, it does have two governments, Disney World and state. <laughs> so there's that. But uh, yeah, a lot to get to. Let's get into yesterday and today's results because we have several results from uh, from from volleyball mm -hmm. in the state tournament. So we'll get to those results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. In state volleyball tournament action from Tuesday, some of these are probably repeats from last yesterday. If you were listening to us, but um, Battleground Academy defeated Middle Tennessee Christian three to nothing. It was Creekwood with a three nothing win over Lexington. Eagleville defeated Chattanooga School of Arts and Sciences three to nothing. Baylor down Dansworth three to two. Good Pasture with a three nothing win over Boy Buchanan. Knoxville Catholic defeated Ensworth three nothing. Hillsboro with a three two win over Lebanon. Loretto down Sale Creek. 3-0. Middle Tennessee Christian defeated Boyd Buchanan 3-0. East Hamilton with a 3-0 win over Murfreesboro Central. Summertown with a 3 Did I say 3-0? It was 3-2 East Hamilton over Murfreesboro oh, Central. Yeah. Excuse me. Summertown with a 3-0 win over Gibson County and Brentwood 3. West Ridge nothing. In girls soccer action yesterday, Gallatin shut out Cane Ridge 9-0. It was Clarksville Five Clarksville Northwest four, but boy, if you followed Brady McAtamney on Twitter last night, it was a doozy. I think Clarksville got up four nothing. Then 
Northwest tied at four to four, and then Clarksville scored the game winner late. So it was Ooh. it was fun. Uh, Cheatham County two, Huntland one. They'll take on Kalioka, who was a four one winner over East Hickman. It's Grace Franklin two nil over Concord Harding Academy. 2-0 over Nashville Christian. Merrill Hyde, 10-0 over Watertown, while Siegel edged Mount Juliet 2-1. Page shut out Fairview, 8-0, while we're all spewed down Henry County, 7-1. Who is Smith County, 7-3 winners over Independence Academy. St. George's, 1-0 over Franklin Road Academy. Station Camp, 7-0 over Overton. Stewart's Creek, a 6-3 win over Wilson Central, while Murfreesboro Central Magnet was a 5-0 winner over Sycamore. Valor Collegiate, 1-0 over Liberty Creek. And Hume Fogg, 2-0 over White House. In state tournament volleyball action today, volleyball state tournament action today, Cleveland with a 3-0 win over Hillsborough. Collierville defeated Brentwood 3-1. Battleground Academy defeated Good Pasture 3-1. Loretto with a 3-1 win over South Green. Good Pasture defeats Middle Tennessee Christian 3-1. Creekwood with a 3-2 victory over Signal Mountain. And Summertown downs Eagleville 3-1. Major League Baseball action from yesterday, right? Yes. Okay. It was the Yankees winning the American League Division Series finally with a 5-1 win over the Cleveland Guardians. And in the National League Championship Series, game one, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies blanked the San Diego Daddies to nothing. Um, NHL action last night at Bridgestone Arena. The Preds fall to the LA Kings 4-3 in a shootout. Quick update from Class AAA Volleyball. Collierville downs Brentwood 3-1. Sending Brentwood to the loser's bracket. Did we not already have that? Uh, it yeah. just happened, didn't it? Well, it was. I just read it, it in there. <laughs> so it was. Okay. It literally, like, it just happened. So I don't know. I guess I, I guess it was. Anyway. All right, well, volleyball action today at 2.30, Lebanon taking on Houston and Greenville against Murfreesboro Central Magnet, both of those at 2.30. 6 o'clock tonight, Nolan Swan Independence in the region. Six, six AAA, AAA finals. Yes. Um, both those teams will play in sectionals later this week. The winner of this game will be a host for those. Okay. I had to, uh, I thought I was going to sneeze, and then I didn't, so that was nice. But uh, NBA action, Knicks at Grizzlies, you said it earlier, Valley Sports South, 6.30 tip. Major League Baseball postseason action game two of the National League Championship Series, Philadelphia at San Diego. That game is a 335 first pitch on Fox. Wow. And game one of the American League Championship Series. Did not realize that was going to begin today, but um, the New York Yankees are at Houston. That's a 637 start on TBS. Fun belt. Tonight, college football, Georgia State goes to Appalachian State. That's a 630 kick on ESPN2. And that is your rundown. Man, I you really, all right? I feel like I'm going to, I still feel like I'm going to sneeze, but that's neither here nor there. Fall allergies? I guess. Uh, you know how it goes. Um, we don't really have a, a big top story today, but I did want to mention this because I thought it was pretty funny. Um, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft had some words. <laughs> the NFL off-field 
is getting pretty interesting, and it's not the players <laughs> because I was sitting um, sitting at Southern Trade getting a little pregame yesterday before I went out to Kalioka for the East Hickman Region 5A semifinal game, which there is coverage of on the website MainStreetMurray.com. Shameless plug. But um, Colt owner Robert Ursay mentioned that there is merit to removing Daniel Snyder as owner of the Washington Commanders, which kind of struck me as a little pot kettle. But nevertheless, he said it. And I wonder how many other folks are thinking it, but there's, you know, that it, clearly there's some dissension in the ownership ranks between that deal and the Jared Jones Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. The, there's incident there's, at there's the owners meeting, I guess. Well, there's certainly some, at least one dissenter, as Jerry Jones was the lone owner who said no to opening up a new contract negotiation with uh, Roger Goodell. And, you know, <laughs> I can understand why everyone would just kind of go with it because if, if you are Jerry Jones and the lone dissenter, then, you know, maybe he comes after you like he came after the Patriots for a while. But also, Roger Goodell isn't a great commissioner. So. You say he is a great commissioner? No, he's, not? he's not. Well, but I mean, from an owner's standpoint, I think he is because I think he's acting with the best interests of the owners at heart, which is his, when it comes right down to it, that's who he is beholden to because they're the ones that approve his contract <laughs> or most of them do anyway. Jones told Robert Kraft, don't F with mm. me. Kraft replied, excuse me. And Jones said, don't mess don't, with no, me. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of cleaned it up the second bit, time around, but I, I don't know what prompted that though. And I'd love to know. <laughs> but but can 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 we get can 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 we get a double of double Jared Jones and, and Robert Kraft in the ring, followed by Ursay and Snyder? Can we get that? <sighs> It'd be fun, wouldn't it? I, I think I'd like that. I would like to see it, as Monique would say. There you go. Yeah, I would like to see it. Well, yeah, like you said, NFL off off field stuff is getting great, and it's the, not the players in the world of the owners. Yeah, I'll take that yeah, every time. Absolutely. But uh, let's take a quick break. Heather Williams joins us. Talk a little NASCAR right after this here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. 
Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Manning Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow alongside Mo Patton. Nice jacket, man. I was waiting. With, with I mean, I, I was waiting. It's not just to make the jacket, a jacket though. reference because so here's the deal. Before we went to North Carolina, I needed a I needed a sports jacket. Didn't have I, I needed a fresh sports jacket. Went and got something. Tripped on this. This was forty bucks at Belk. So okay. Couldn't not get it. That's right. I mean, it's not a summer jacket, but I knew that. Winter's Winter is coming. coming. <laughs> yes. And so um, it got cool enough to wear it. Hey, it's nice. So I did. I, I like the, uh, the, the watch is a nice touch, too. I always love a good watch. Well, with the, Jody likes the elbow. Yeah. Patches. Solid. Yeah. Solid. She kind of picked this and said, you will wear this, won't you? I said, well, if you buy it, I guess so. Uh, so. It's, a, it's a good look. It's a good look. Yeah. I like it. So a little different. I went, I went sweater vest. Uh, with, well, you know. I like a vest because if I didn't have arms, it'd be a jacket. But, you know, anyway. You need something warm right now, man, for sure. It's chilly. I bet it's not nearly as chilly as it is in East Tennessee, though. Let's ask Heather Williams. What's the weather like out there, Heather? Um, It's chilly-ish. It's about 50 degrees. But I just want – Mo should have warned me that he was looking fly today because I've just been shooting a sports feature uh, on a – cross-country team and i look at the shoveled mess and he's all like straight out of the boardroom and now i feel underdressed for this whole thing you are just fine ms williams um because i I don't want to warn anybody because i don't want to build up any expectations but um (laughs) we are we are glad to have as we do every wednesday talking nascar heather williams from wcyb tv out of bristol and Oak Park High School 2022 Hall of Fame inductee, Heather Williams. When she was traveling last weekend, she was going home to Kansas City for her induction into her high school Hall of Fame. 
she didn't tell us that. Oh, okay. Speaking of sneaking I didn't. up. So, um, <laughs> I didn't. Heather, congratulations. I'm not really much of a bragger. I mean, I, I'm not much of a bragger, but it was uh, an awesome experience. You, you're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. So <laughs> I, I, I get that completely, but, but it deserves to be acknowledged and you deserve to be recognized for it. Congratulations. That's, um, well, thank you. That's really um, great. It was awesome. It was fun. That's good. Um, Obviously, Heather, if we're talking NASCAR right now, uh, there's no way around talking about Darrell Wallace Jr. They used his government name and everything. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's like, I, it's I, like, I, it's I, like you're his daddy and he's name. in trouble. I, I, I feel like I'm probably not the only one using his government name over the last few days. But um, Darrell Wallace Jr., you get in this car hauler right now. Right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we, we, we need to talk. <laughs> um, you know, again, I'm a NASCAR novice. You guys are, are coaching me up and I appreciate it. But before I saw what took place in the race, I heard about it and I heard everything that you'd expect to hear whenever Bubba does something wrong. And, you know, so I talked to Heather a little bit about it and, and kind of got the kind of got the skinny on this. Heather, tell tell everybody else what you told me. Well, I mean, basically, Bubba was wrong. Bubba uh, should not have done that on that track in the way that he did it. He should not have hooked someone in the rear and turned them at, at a intermediate track at the big tracks it's it's incredibly dangerous um and i bubba knew that do that every everybody knew that and understand that understood that and he really forced nascar's hand um suspensions are not unheard of in nascar um they're rare they don't like to do it especially the drivers but um but they do happen um the thing that's disappointing about this is that it was Bubba. And as you mentioned, anytime Bubba does something, there is a certain amount of uh, reaction from a certain subset of the population that comes with it. They're usually louder than everybody else. And um, Bubba should know that that was going to happen. And I'm sure he probably did. And in hindsight, he probably would not have reacted the way that he did. But it's done. It's over with. We all have our let our emotions get away from us. Um, it'll just be interesting to me to see what happens going forward, how he handles it, how the sport handles it, how the fans handle it. Um, that'll be the more telling thing than what's already said and done. I just feel like these things happen, and they happen with drivers other than Bubba. And I don't know that the reaction is the same when they happen with other drivers that they are when they happen with both. No, the, the, the reaction is definitely not the same from the fans. Now, I think I think NASCAR was pretty fair in what they do. I think if you look at similar situations at similar size tracks, um, the reaction has been the same. Even, even at a smaller track like Martinsville, um, they parked Matt Kenseth for uh, a couple of races for hooking a guy the same way Bubba did. Um, so I don't think the NASCAR's reaction was any different than it would be. Um, what Bubba did was very dangerous. It could have it could have injured 
Kyle Larson. As far as the fans go, that's just to be expected with Bubba, unfortunately. I mean, not to in any way, shape, or form con- compare him to uh, Jackie Robinson or Wendell Scott, but in some ways there are some similarities because of the fact that he's under that same kind of microscope and everything that he does is going to, for a certain subset of people, is going to be seen through that lens. And it doesn't really matter if it's fair or right or any of those things. That's just, that's the lens that they view all people through and Bubba's no different. So um, for that reason, it's disappointing because there is more pressure on Bubba to not make those mistakes, but he's also human. And he, you know, he's also still pretty, pretty young guy. And uh, Matt Kenseth, for instance, when he had his little spat with Joey Lagando that got him parked for two races, was much older than what Bubba is now. So, I mean, when you're, when your emotions get to you, your emotions get to you. So. And in NASCAR, it happens a lot. I mean, that's just yeah. NASCAR. You're when when you're physically, you know, with a, you know, a car, a vehicle of that size, it's it's a dangerous weapon. And when you're, you know, bumping and, and hitting each other with and racing hard, things are going to happen. You're going to get frustrated with yourself, with your opponent. You're going to get frustrated. And this this is not unprecedented. I mean, people have absolutely. Uh, turned folks in in the past and and they've gotten out of the car and you know pushed and shoved and I thought I thought Kyle <laughs> I thought Kyle did a good job walking away but I also think it was more self preservation than <laughs> keeping his cool yeah Bubba's Bubba, Bubba's quite a bit bigger than Kyle <laughs> Kyle wants no part of that fight no sure. well and and that was part of a certain faction's um disgruntlement, I guess, with the situation. Pick on somebody your own size. Well, nobody his own size was ran in him into the wall. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that Bubba and Kyle are friends. So that that, that whole incident didn't have anything to do with NASCAR's uh, decision to punish Bubba. And it, it probably will be something that those two will be able to work out on their own. Uh, Steve O'Donnell, executive vice president for NASCAR, was on Sirius Satellite Radio yesterday. And you know, he pretty much said that where Bubba did that, the fact that it was at a mm-hmm. mile and a half track, high speed track, played as much into the penalty as did the fact that he hooked him. And and, and their history shows that, right? Bubba got hooked uh, by Michael McDowell at Bristol at uh, All-Star Open two years ago, and there was absolutely no punishment for him. He wasn't parked. He wasn't anything. So um, because hooking someone at, at Bristol is not as dangerous. You're going 80 miles an hour in the turns as opposed to, you know, 120 miles an hour in the turns as you would be at, at Vegas. So, um, you know, just a lot of factors went into this. And when you look at similar violations at similar tracks or similar encounters, um, it's pretty consistent that they're going to park you for at least one race. And so, I mean, I think that it's fair um, in that regard. I think that it's unfortunate because of who it who it is that's fair mm-hmm. i mean like you said he's got to be a little bit more careful than others and ironically kyle larson does too i mean yeah. you're talking about the you know two guys who have both had this you know had situations have been in the spotlight have been in this spotlight mm-hmm. particularly and it just so happened that you know they they got tangled up but it's you know so who won the race anyway? 
Joey Logano won the race so, and punched his ticket to the championship four, which is huge for them, but nobody's talking about it, which I think yeah. Joey's probably okay with. I think they like being a little bit of the guy no one talks about. Kind of under the radar a little bit. Yeah, I think that team enjoys that. So I think Joey's probably absolutely fine with that. Um, And this is the final opportunity for a driver to punch its, his ticket you know, automatic with a win on Sunday at Homestead. Well, there's two more races. There's Homestead and, and Martinsville. Okay. I thought they only <laughs> had three races before the finals. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, uh, it was uh, last week. Uh, was- last week. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, that's what. It, so there's only three races, but this was the first of the three. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's my bad. Last hey. week seems like it was, was like eight confused. weeks packed into one. So, you know. Hey. Hey, let's 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 not question our expert. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was just trying to well, work through it in my head. I, I I'm going to Martinsville too, so I mean, obviously that race sticks out to me a little bit more than the others. I kept having to remind myself about Homestead because I kept like, where are they going this week? I don't remember. Uh, and, and you know, and Homestead, thank goodness, it's not the final race of the year anymore. But right now, the playoff standings are. Here's the positive, Mo, of all of this. Ross Chastain sits at number two. So, track, so, so you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance, baby. There you go. Oh, I think there's a good chance. You know, I think that this, this, these set of races set up really well for, for Ross. I uh, got a chance to talk to him last week, and, I mean, I think they feel pretty confident about about these racetracks that are left, including the championship race, Uh I, I would say that they don't even necessarily have to win a race to get into the championship race. They just need to not make a mistake. And I, and I think that they'll, they'll get in because right now sending number two, that means that they are the highest uh, guy on points and in a pretty good position. So yeah, their track house has a great chance. Right now it's Logano, Chastain, Ch- Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin um, with William Byron, Chase Briscoe, and my computer Ryan Blaney and yes. Christopher Bell. Ryan Blaney and Christian Christopher Bell trying to get in, I guess. So but when and you're in. That's the that's the key here. And, and just win, baby. Just win. And you know, at Homestead it, it becomes a really interesting you know race because it is a kind of a tame track, Heather. It is, but the mile and a half have been anything but tame this year. That's They've true. always been tame in the past. And look at last week hit the mute button for some reason uh look at uh look at last week at, at vegas or look at kansas i mean those have been some of the best races of the year That's so true. i'm actually really excited about homestead because this is the the one mile and a half track that people raved about even before the new car because of the project pro- progressive banking and so wide and so many places to pass so i actually think that a lot of drivers because martinsville as a short track has a little bit of a air of unpredictability to it i think a lot of drivers will be pushing really hard in this race feeling like especially if you're a christopher bell or a chase briscoe that needs a win feeling like this is the place that you've got to get it done uh, i like that she threw in that homestead has an air of predict unpredictability to it since she knows we're going to ask her to predict <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, yeah it's self-preservation in and of yeah itself, exactly right exactly kind of a little little cya well, line there for heather my, 
my predictions have been more like curses, I feel like, although Hamlin finished in the top five this week, so I guess it wasn't horrible, but um, yeah, my predictions have not bode well for whoever I pick usually. That being the case, who you got? Well, you know, this is the last track that we haven't been to on the schedule, so there's no nothing to compare it to other than the other mile and a half. At the, at the mile and a half intermediate tracks, Toyotas have been king. Um, up until last week when Joey Logano got his win. Um, last year, this race was won in the old car, uh, not in the playoffs by William Byron. So basically that gets me nowhere, right? Because Toyotas have been good all year. Fords were good last week and Chevys were good last year. But I think that more often than not, the Toyotas are the teams to beat when we go to these mile and a half this year. And so for that reason, I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin this week again. Um, although there's an outside chance it could be Christopher Bell, but I'm, I'm going to go with Hamlin because that team's just been running more consistently than Bell um, over the course of the season, especially on the mile and a half. There you have it. Denny Hamlin, old sticks. Number 11. Number 11 in the, in the FedEx Toyota should be a – should be a fun race, like you said. A lot of a lot of places to pass. It should be interesting in this new car, and he'll be the lone twenty three eleven running, right? <laughs> well, he actually he's drives not, for Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, he's oh he's oh he now. owns, but he doesn't. Okay, yeah, my bad. Weird. Never mind. Yeah. Um, NASCAR's weird. Yeah, and 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 to that to that. Uh, uh, same topic. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek is going to drive the 45 uh, this week in place of Bubba. The 45 will still be in the race. It'll just be a different driver. John oh. Hunter is the official backup driver for Toyota. Uh, he drives normally in the truck series, um, and the trucks are there in Homestead this weekend. So uh, that was an easy call. So John Hunter so will be in double duty this weekend, then, huh? Correct. He'll he'll drive he'll drive his truck series, which he's still in the, in contention for a truck series championship, and then he'll turn around on Sunday and drive in the cup cup race as well. Now, will will Bubba be back for uh, Martinsville? Yes, he, Bubba should be back for Martinsville and and for the final race at Phoenix. Yeah, it's just a one race suspension, so he gotcha. will be back in the car, and will be it'll be interesting. It's funny because I heard somebody on the radio yesterday say it'll be interesting to see how the fans react. Well. Bubba gets boot booed everywhere, um, kind of like Kyle Busch. So I don't know that the fans will react any differently. Different, maybe just each side, you know, the the cheers and the boos a little bit stronger to prove their point. Trying to find where Haley Deegan finished in. I believe she finished eleventh last week in the in the Xfinity series. Thirteenth. 13th. 13th. Okay. And, and that's a pretty good finish in her first yeah, I thought it was foray into Xfinity. Well done. Yeah, I thought it was top 15. I knew it was a top 15 for sure. Well, you know, the thing is, is, and I talked about this, sometimes different styles of cars just fit people better. You know, she just may not be as comfortable in a truck as she is in an Xfinity Series car. Um, the, tr the Xfinity Series team that she was running for is a pretty good team. So, um, you know, those factors go into it as well. And she just may be better suited for the Xfinity series. I, I hope that she'll get a few more chances to do it. Uh, me too. Me too. All right. Heather Williams, WCYB TV. Uh, look, looking forward to seeing your, your post on your cross country feature. 
Yeah, it's going to run tomorrow. So just real quickly, this team in Milligan, they are number one in NAIA in men's and women's cross country at the moment. So Oh, wow. And and defending national champions in both uh, both men's and women's. Oh, okay. Defending national champions in both number one in both. That's yes. what. Are, what are they running from up there? <laughs> bears. Yeah, bears and foxes and all sorts of things in the mountains here. It's a gorgeous campus. I hadn't been on campus uh, since twenty twenty. And it's it's beautiful. I had forgotten how pretty it is up here. Kind of it's nestled kind of in the side of the mountain. Where is Milligan? Remind me. It's it's in the, it's it, technically Milligan is the town, but it's it's basically right outside of Elizabethan and in between Elizabethan and Johnson City. Okay, all right, so it's relatively close for you then. Yeah, about forty minutes from Bristol. Okay, sorry cool. you missed your soccer match last night. Oh yeah, <laughs> well that's what happened. That's what happens when it's over at halftime. <laughs> Science Hill just <laughs> oh. They, they they were ready to go. They were you know yeah. really we don't really need to be here. Let's just go. Home. Oh, wow. so they just yeah. ended up not nothing. I, I, I anchored I anchored the sports at six thirty. Got off the got off the set. It's about a forty minute drive to uh to Science Hill from our station. Get out of the car and people are streaming out of the out. stadium. And I'm like, what what time did this game start? They're like six thirty. I was like, what? They're like, oh, it was over at halftime. I was like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, at least you didn't have to layer up and wear four layers like I did last night. So, as I as I posted on Twitter, which uh, <laughs> obviously was seen by some. Good news, Science Hill won big. Good news, I don't have to stay in the cold. Bad news, game was over at halftime. I got no highlights. <laughs> you could have filmed the people streaming out. <laughs> that, that, that was the highlight. There you go. It was the highlight. All the way, by the way, all equally as excited that they no longer had to sit in the cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were. No doubt. Were. Thanks, Heather. We appreciate your time as always. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Oh, man. This is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, well, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, SEC football. Got some got some thoughts to, to, to get into, so we'll get there right after this on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. <laughs> Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham! Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back to Main Street Sports, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Oh, it is a wild and wacky Wednesday. Looking forward to the weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming up later. Um, 
But I got a couple things I want to get to here in this segment. Number one, video has surfaced of an Alabama wide receiver, Jermaine Burton, not only shoving a student in the phone, basically he was running onto the field and was videoing himself and turned and Burton was there. Burton pushed the phone out of his face and on his way off the field, Jermaine Burton allegedly swatted at and, and, and hit a female student in the head as she was rushing the field. And a lot of folks victim blaming here. <laughs> Shouldn't have been on the field. That's why there's fines for that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, keep your hands to yourself, as the Georgia satellites would say. Don't give me no lines. Um, I'm not going to victim blame, but I will say if they hadn't been on the field, they wouldn't have got pushed and they're not supposed to be there. I mean, it is true, but I mean, still, that doesn't give him that's that can't be Jermaine Burton's defense. (laughs) Well, they shouldn't have been here. Exactly. That can't be his defense. I mean, it's accurate. It is. They shouldn't have been there, but it's kind of like somebody walking in the crosswalk. I mean, no, they shouldn't be there, but that don't mean you can gun it and hit them. (laughs) You know, so this is one of those things where everybody's wrong. Yeah. I mean, look, the fact is that you just can't. Again, keep your hands to yourself. You can't I, hit you, you, you can't you you can't do that. Kind of like our subject in the last segment. You just can't you can't do that. There are some things you just can't do. That's one of them. They shouldn't be there. But if you had one, you wouldn't have hit them. That's right. Well, if they, if they wouldn't won, have been, been there, there if you had one. But <laughs> I mean, but I mean that's your point. That's yeah. that's what this all comes back to. Jermaine Burton was being a sore loser. And, and again, same thing. Frustration. Young mm-hmm. kid. I get it. You just but, can't do that. But there's a difference in shoving another grown man in it that who is your equal, like a Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. You know, if he'd have done that to Jalen Hyatt, I'm probably not nearly as mad. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. He hit a random student just running on the field minding our own business and that's to me the problem the ironic part is the video that there is out there uh from the stands Mm -hmm. if you look down on the field there's a guy in in a dark sports coat and a crimson hat and it's jim dunaway who was filming those those kids friend of the the show jim dunaway yeah wonder if he found a bonanza friday (laughs) Bet he didn't. <laughs> Wish he would, though. This is why we have these rules. An SEC official told ESPN on Wednesday, "It's it was a great scene, but it's also a recipe for disaster when you have emotional players walking off the field and fans running around by them and celebrating." This is from um, the ESPN.com article by ESPN senior writer Chris Lowe. So. Oh, and the next time Tennessee storms the field, which I don't know when that would be because the Georgia game's at Athens, right? 
and I don't know that there's anybody else that they really feel the need at this point to storm the field. But the next time, it's quarter mil. Okay, but the first time they did it was 16 years ago. And as I at, asked at what on point Twitter, does the statute of limitations when does it run roll out? Off? Huh? Apparently never. It never. never. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I was a junior, no, a sophomore in college <laughs> the last time they did it. Are you kidding? Well, me? and I wonder if it's separate for football, basketball, because I know um No, this that's when it happened. That, it was a Flo Florida 2006 basketball, basketball game. game. Oh wow, okay. Not separate. Well, my my thought or what made me think about that is I think Vanderbilt rushed the floor when they beat number one Florida at Memorial a few years back. And, you know, if there is a football program that's liable to rush the field at some point, it's Vanderbilt. Yeah, but no one would notice. Be nice. Come on now. We got some Vanderbilt listeners. Uh, okay. One but of our former co-workers also, is a Vanderbilt fan. But they fan. also know that the, – the, the number of Vanderbilt fans, if they rush the field, it would probably not incur a safety violation. <laughs> and that's not that, – look, that's not a knock on Vanderbilt. It's more a knock on Vanderbilt fans for not supporting their team. Go support your team. But yeah. that's yeah. neither here nor there. You're right. I mean, if they if they did it, it would be a $100,000 fine no matter how long ago. The last the infraction last was. was. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Come on, SEC. Giga. Ten years. Let's roll it off. At least 15. Heck. Come on, man. <laughs> That's it. It's definitely a come on, man moment right there. Oh, anyway, Jermaine Burton, just listen mm. to some Georgia satellites. You'll be all right next time. <laughs> Jermaine Burton probably couldn't tell you who the Georgia. Well, I don't know, though, because he, he transferred to Alabama from Georgia. He, he might have some familiarity. You never know. Um, two things. Before we get to, to this, Marshall and Stanford, and you're, I know you're. This is your favorite stat of the year. Mar <laughs> Marshall and Stanford are two and zero against Notre Dame, and against all other FBS opponents, are zero and seven on the year. Is this a version of the Husker Hex? I, <laughs> I guess it kind of is. Well, and I mean, again, we we as we do every Tuesday, we had Chip Walters on yesterday. MTSU hasn't won since they beat Miami. Don't upset folks. You uh, Appalachian beat the people you're supposed to beat. Appalachian State, the uh, the exception to the rule. Yeah, <laughs> they I mean because winning. Georgia, Georgia Southern, like, well, they beat Nebraska, right? Mm -hmm. And they have they won since. I, I don't know if they. I, I think they have, but they're up until last week they were over. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, got to be careful with those upsets. Be careful what you wish for is is the best way to put that. Yeah. You know, yeah. The Husker X. That's funny. Purdue but, beat Nebraska, right? Purdue did beat Nebraska, but they only beat them by six, and I wonder if that matters. Who? <laughs> who do they have next? Now, whoever it is, they're going to lose. <laughs> Bet on the other team. That's the real. That's the real, Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Hmm. At Wisconsin, after they're coming off of a beatdown of their own, shoot. Mm. Watch out. Mm. I'm telling you, man. It's that, intriguing. Yeah. Nebraska, by the way, just three and four on the year. Two and two in conference play, by the way. 
They've beaten Indiana and Rutgers since Rutgers. Rutgers yes, lost. Yes, they beat Rutgers. I know. I thought Rutgers was the best team ever. Ever. That's what I was told. Had the best coach ever. Best coach in all of in all of the world. Yeah. Um, yes, they. That's right. Georgia Southern beat James Madison last week. That's right. But it doesn't count because it's an upset. Because mm. they were ranked twenty fifth. So there. You so go. James Madison fell out of the AP top twenty five after that loss. Oh, <laughs> But Tulane moved in. Tulane is in the AP top 25. UCLA is in the top 10, and Tennessee is ranked third in the country. Tell me it don't feel like 1998. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who is the quarterback of that Tulane team? Was it Sean King? That's exactly who it was. Not the white one. The other one. The sports Sean King. Mm -hmm. It's important. <laughs> Just make that, that that distinction. Went on and played for Tampa Bay, right? He played for Tampa Bay, yes. I think he played briefly for the Saints at some point, like at the end of his mm – -hmm. he tried. And look, Tampa Bay didn't do him any favors. No, no. <laughs> but, they had a real good receiver, too, and I can't think of his name. Mark something, I think. But oh, yeah, goodness. He, um, he, didn't, he never really stuck in the NFL, but they – they were nice. Yeah. Um, Patrick Ramsey was also on that team, by the way. Was he behind Sean he King? He was behind Sean King. That's a heck of a quarterback room for Tulane. <laughs> um, P.J. Franklin was a wide receiver on that team. Hmm. Who went on to play a little bit in the NFL. And okay. Jawan Dawson okay. played a little bit in the NFL as well. Um, I don't see anybody else that – but. P.J. Franklin was the guy. He had over a 1,000 yards receiving, 1,200 to be exact. And hmm. okay. Those were the good old days, man. Good times, great oldies. <laughs> anyway, the question that I have is this. There can't be a four-team SEC playoff, right? <laughs> <sighs> Captain Chaos at it again. Uh, I don't think there can. But there could be four one-loss SEC teams, and then what? Oh, if there's four one-loss SEC teams, you're more likely to only get one than to get four. Okay. Uh, you're you're probably not wrong there. Yeah. I, I mean, because if, if Tennessee were to beat Georgia, right, and then – And then lose, lose to Alabama. Lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, both of those guys got to get in. But then – How are you going to keep Georgia out? How do you keep Georgia out, the defending national champion, with only one loss? And – And who's your Ole, other? Ole Miss losing only to Alabama. The SEC champion. <laughs> Who do you not take in that scenario? That's a, that's a great question. Who doesn't go? And, and again, I feel like you're more likely to only get the SEC champion in in that scenario than you are to get all four. I think, you, I think Alabama – if Alabama was to beat Tennessee in the SEC championship game, you take both of them. Because Tennessee will have beaten everybody – as long as it's close enough. Mm -hmm. They will have beaten everybody on their schedule, mm -hmm. including Alabama. Right. Alabama would have also beaten everybody, everybody on, their, on their, schedule. their schedule. It'd be hard. Now, here's the kicker. Tennessee beats Kentucky next week. 
All right. After that, it's Georgia and then trash can juice the rest of the way. Missouri, Vanderbilt, something else. I don't know. South Carolina. That's the other one. Pretty well feel like you can win those three games, should win those three games. So if, if you, you beat, beat Georgia, Kentucky, if you beat Kentucky, mm -hmm. do you lose to Georgia on purpose? So that you don't have to play Alabama. You don't again? have to go to the SEC championship game. You feel you, like you have a better chance of getting to the playoffs by losing to Georgia? As so long do. as Georgia, so long as Georgia wins the SEC championship. Now, if so Alabama, you think if Georgia goes to the SEC championship and beats Alabama, then it's Georgia and Tennessee absolutely. to the playoff? Absolutely. <laughs> I think – here's the thing. I think Tennessee may – is if they beat Kentucky, they may be guaranteed a spot no matter what. Because if they beat Georgia and go to the SEC championship game, no matter what, they're in. If they lose to Georgia and Georgia wins – I think in. they're in because it's two loss Alabama and Tennessee beat Alabama. I think Tennessee is a 90% chance during the college football playoff. Here's and the that's thing. That's insane. I'm not, that is insane in Josh Heifel's second year. Here's the thing. I'm not a fan of leaving your dirty work to somebody else. No. I, because you don't know. But that's – those are some interesting scenarios, Captain Chaos. I think it's they are. I think if you put a percentage on it right now, if there was an, if there was an ESPN percentage of, to make the playoff, I think it'd be ninety percent Tennessee would be in. Is All they Tennessee's, have to do is beat Kentucky. Is, is is it is that percentage higher for Tennessee than it is for any of the other three that you're talking about? I think Alabama, Ge Georgia, I think Ole Miss. If Georgia's only losses to Tennessee and Tennessee wins the SEC, I think they go too. But I still think it's – I think Georgia is as close of a lock. I think Georgia and Tennessee are almost locks so long as Alabama doesn't win the SEC championship. And if Alabama does win the SEC championship, then what? Well, then Tennessee's in, but Georgia wouldn't be. So Georgia needs to even, be Tennessee. Even, even as, like you said, with one loss and as the defending national champion. They'd have to be out because, again, Tennessee and Alabama be, beat each other. And, that and poor be, Ole Miss, they're just they're, – They've got to beat Alabama. Ole Miss has to beat Alabama. So Ole Miss has to go to Atlanta. Period. For the first time ever. But if they do, they'll be playing for a spot in the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta. Mm. And Tennessee, Ole Miss for, a, for an SEC championship would oh. be gold mine for some riders. Mm. Lane Kiffin, Tennessee. You know who else would be some gold mines for? Mustard, Mustard golf sales. balls, yeah. French's would be rolling mm. in it. Anyway, I just mm. think it's a possibility that, the, that they're guaranteed. <laughs> the SEC championship brought to you by French's Mustard. There you go. <laughs> you got a new sponsor, baby. Brand new sponsor. Yeah. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, SEC basketball, predicted order of finish, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn, and then Alabama. Can't argue with that. I'm looking forward to see. I'm interested to see, and and for whatever reason, I cannot think of the young man's last name now. But the the freshman for Alabama from Cane Ridge. Oh, you're talking about second team All SEC selection, Brandon Miller. 
as an incoming freshman. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> what? 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 Are you are you serious? Second team all Second SEC team, before he steps on he's the floor. Not even played a minute. Hasn't dressed. Hasn't put on a uniform. Oh my God. That's that's pretty amazing. That's wild. That's amazing. That's that's uh, I've never I, heard I, of that. I've and, never and, and heard I just, of this. I just watched that kid play less than a year ago. I, I mean, I, I cannot tell you. I mean, was I mean, a, like if Anthony it was Kentucky Davis, or something like yeah. that, you know, um, Anthony the Davis, Unibrow? yeah, I mean, uh, Cousins, Boogie, any of those, maybe, but Alabama, this is insane. Yeah. So That's Tennessee's Santiago Vescovi, first team. A little surprising there, not gonna lie. Uh where is um where's Ziegler? Both Josiah Jordan James and Zakai Ziegler are second team uh guards as well. Awesome. So man, that's crazy. Toshibwe player of the year preseason. No, really? Can't yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Uh South Carolina finished as picked to finish 14th. Vanderbilt picked to finish 12th. And I guess that's good enough to earn you a contract extension if you're Jerry Stackhouse because he got one yesterday. That and 39 and 54 in three years. Hey. <laughs> Be careful though, you'll mess around and get blocked on Twitter. I was gonna say mm -hmm. he he and a certain coach in this area should have a conversation. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. Mm. Oh man. Well. There you have that. What what you got on the women's side? On the women's side, I don't, I, I didn't see an email from from Pinkerton on the women, so I don't know that it's. Is it today that they're out? Yesterday, let's see. I think the women are today, maybe. Maybe so. Um. Because hmm. I don't. Uh, There's it now. Yep. I haven't seen an email from him, so I don't have it yet. But uh, hmm. perhaps we'll get it soon. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's take a break, okay. and we'll get Drew Hill, no you, EW Drew, uh, talk a little Grizzlies hoops <laughs> right after this. <laughs> this is Attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Welcome in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Getting ready to be joined by Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian here momentarily. He's set to join us, and, and I, I'll, I'll text him here in just a second. Make sure. Okay. Well, uh, 
He does have the link, though. He I know, does have he, the link. Yeah, we okay. had that conversation just ahead of time. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the Grizzlies. But, man, what what a crazy, crazy week it has been in college football, in college basketball, apparently, with incoming freshmen being named the SEC second team. That's that's a little insane. Uh, you're, you're telling me that there are not 10 players in the Southeastern Conference who have already played that are better than Brandon Miller? And I mean, I guess the answer is no. There's not, not according to the seven media members who showed up to SEC basketball media days. I, I don't know that it's a bad I, pick. I'm no, just no. a little shocked. Uh, yeah, it, it shocked me too. I wasn't I, I wasn't ready for to see him on that list when I saw it. I thought that's that's different. Okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're gonna talk a little Grizzlies hoops here and. Man, what a what a season last year. Can they duplicate it? We'll find out. But to do so, we're going to talk to Drew Hill. Drew, what's going on, buddy? What's up? How are you guys? We're doing well. How about you, man? You you got a ball game here in a few hours, I guess, huh? I do. I do. The first of the season, I'm pretty fired up about it. It should be a, a great atmosphere in there. They're doing the T-shirt giveaway tonight, so – I'm expecting everything to be uh, to be rocking uh, down at FedEx Forum tonight. It should be a good time. Um, are they are they still playing whoop that trick at FedEx? <laughs> yeah, they're still playing it. They're still playing it. There are some people, I guess, that that don't uh, necessarily agree with them playing that, but it's just part of uh, the experience there now at this point. I don't think they're going to change that, even if some some people don't necessarily think that that's something that they should be playing. Yeah, I mean, it's just part of the whole grit and grind. The 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 entire um, what's the word I'm looking for? Atmosphere. The, the um, atmosphere, the environment, the, the culture, kind of the that they've created there. Yeah, it's that 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 whole blue collar. We're we're Memphis and you're not kind of thing. Yeah, they. I think that it is part of the experience, and you do hear a lot of the visiting players talk about that. You know, Draymond Green said he loves it last year in the playoffs. Steph said he liked it last year in the playoffs, and so, um, yeah. I mean, whoop that trick is going to be part of uh, of the Grizzlies' experience <laughs> for a long time, and it's been part of the experience for a long time, and. Um, I guess it's it's easy to understand why people might disagree with it, but um, I just don't think I can see it changing anytime soon. I, I just feel like, you know, when you're one of 30 or 32 teams or however many teams there are in the NBA, when you can create something that's kind of unique to your home setting, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they, they have – they got a lot of things going for them. You know, the, the team is rising in popularity so quickly. Uh, a lot of the reason because of jaw. Um, but they also have this identity. Like they, they've got the, the building, you know, nicknamed the grind house. They have wrestling night. Cause everybody knows wrestling has been a big part of the Memphis culture. They've got super Grizz, the mascot coming out in the fourth quarter with the big whoop that trick sign. I mean, it's, it's it's just fun, and it, that's sort of what you're looking for when you go to a sports experience, and especially when you're there for the first time or you're trying to get people to come back, is like give them something that they're going to remember. And I think everybody remembers 
whoop that trick when the, the, the place is rocking in the fourth quarter and the Grizzlies are winning or the Grizzlies are going to win and they start playing that song and everybody goes crazy. You, you leave the building thinking, wow, no, that was a really fun moment and, and pretty awesome. And that's sort of what uh, it's part of the home court advantage for the Grizzlies uh, as well. So, yeah, um, I, I'm sure a lot of Grizzlies fans are hoping to hear that tonight. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um. And and as you mentioned, I'm sure they're hoping to see Ja do something special. I mean, he's um, as I said yesterday when we were talking about it, he he has kind of become must see TV as far as the NBA goes. I guess. Yeah, that's a pretty safe bet. It feels like he does something special just about every every night that he's out there. Um, I, I'm expecting him to have a, an amazing season this year. Uh, everything. The Grizzlies have said in the offseason is that he's been really working on being able to stay healthy, which I think is uh, is a, a big point of emphasis from the organization side as well, because they need him to be out on the court 75 times a season. He, he's, he hasn't been able to do that the first few years that he's played. And so um, he wants to be out there for that long. He wants all the accolades. He said, you know, I want to win an MVP award. I want to win a championship and for them to do that he's got to be able to stay healthy and stay on the court but when he's out there he's just electric in, in everything that he does he's, he's the fastest guy with the ball in his hands he jumps higher than anybody else with the ball in his hands um it's it's just amazing what he what he can do out there and i think um he's selling tickets at a crazy rate they've they sold out the lower level seats for the season they've sold out the, the middle tier seats for the season you go on these Grizzlies road games, you travel on the road trip, and everybody, uh, it feels like, that's there early before the game looking for autographs has that number 12 jersey on, whether you're in New York or you're in Philadelphia, Houston, all these places. There's this there's this next generation of, of Ja Morant fans because he is so exciting, um, and that's great news for Ja and great news for the franchise. Now – we all know Ja, we love Ja, and Ja sells tickets, and everybody's got his jersey, but um, the second best player on that team isn't going to be on the team for the first, or at least not playing, first couple months of the year, and that's Jaron Jackson Jr. How much how, how much of his impact will they miss early? I think they'll definitely miss his impact. Um, you know, it's interesting because tonight doesn't sound like Dylan Brooks is going to play. The, uh, Zaire Williams is not going to play in the game. Uh, and you're missing Jaron Jackson Jr. You're missing three of your most important players on the defensive end of the court for sure um, in this game already. But at least with Dylan, when he, when he goes out, you know, you say, okay, well, at least you have Zaire to, to come in and replace him. With Jaron, it was a big question mark this summer of who it was going to be. And I think we got our answer, and that's Santi Aldama. Uh, a lot of people don't know a lot about Santi Aldama because he didn't play very much last year, his rookie year, and he looked pretty rough in his first summer league. But he's really improved this uh, this summer. They really liked what they saw from him at summer league. He went to Spain. Uh, he had a Grizzlies assistant coach out there with him, helping him train. Zaire Williams went out there with him to train with him. So um, I, I think that they're actually positioned – okay at least they know what their answer is going to be or or have a starting point for what their answer will be without Jaron. I also think Jaron will be back um, probably before people realize the, that four to six month window that they put out um, is 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 correct 
but I think it's closer to the four months than the six months at this point. And uh, the hope is that within the next two weeks or so, he can be on the court doing five on five. And once he's back out there doing five on five, five, it shouldn't be much longer after that. So if you're thinking, oh, and maybe it's not until January that Jaron's back out there on the court, um, I, I think it, it's going to be a lot sooner than that or a lot sooner than people maybe uh, anticipated right off the jump. And um, I think there's a good chance he can play more than 50 games this year. And that would be, that'd be a big success for the Grizzlies if he can get out there soon. One of the players that the Grizzlies should have tonight is um, a newcomer to the franchise. (coughs) Excuse me. What do you expect drew the impact of Steven Adams to be for this team this year? Steven Adams uh, is great at, at doing the the dirty work behind the scenes. We talk about how great Ja is. Ja is what or was that great last season because of Steven Adams. Um, Steven Adams is the guy that sets the screens, clears the lane. When Ja drives and he rarely misses, but when he does miss uh, at the basket, Steven's there to clean it up. And so because of that role, even though he may not be the most uh, flashy player on the team, even though he may not be the most impressive player in the box score at the end of the night, I think he has a huge impact on what they do offensively. Also, they're really going to need his rebounding. They moved on from Kyle Anderson this summer. They moved on from DeAnthony Melton on draft night. They traded him to Philadelphia. They are replacing those two guys who were terrific rebounders at their position for the Grizzlies last year with rookies. They have five rookies uh, on the roster this year, which is a ton. They need Steven to pick up uh, the rebounding even more than he already does because they lost a big chunk of that uh, this offseason. You know, when you talk about that number of rookies on a roster that's, you know, the success that the Grizzlies have had over the last few years, I mean, clearly they're they're counting on those guys. They feel like those are guys that can help them. But how do you bring five first-year players along and up to speed to, you know, compete for – an an NBA finals berth in that short a period of time? I'm not sure you do. Um, it's it's going to be a really tough challenge for them. I think that on um, if they had it their way, they'd be able to play this thing slow. And once everybody gets healthy in time for the playoffs, you, you may not see rookies in that 10-man rotation. Uh, we mentioned Santi Aldama. Maybe Santi Aldama, you know, fills in for – uh, a guy like uh, uh, Kyle Anderson, who just departed. And then uh, at the two-guard spot, you have John Conchar, who's been with the team for two or three years. And so he's going to play a bigger role this year. So I guess the hope is maybe you don't have to rely on those rookies quite so much when you get to the playoffs. Uh, you still want to develop them. And the Grizzlies have played their rookies in past seasons. Right now, tonight, they will have to play their rookies because they have too many injuries right at, at the moment. I'm not sure those guys are ready to play in an NBA rotation. Lofton, I don't – Lofton and Williams are both on two-way contracts. I think that they're trying to slow play Lofton a little bit. He has been like the the darling of summer league, and Grizzlies fans already love the guy. He's a a tremendously fun player to watch because of what he can do at his size. Um, I don't think they're really going to use him for serious minutes early on in the season. I think they want to see him go play in the G league and play for the hustle a little bit. But uh, it was interesting because he played in the first preseason game and he played awesome. He was like the best player on the, on the court for the Grizzlies among their rookies. And he didn't see any more preseason action. So the conspiracy theory out there 
among Grizzlies fans right now is that they're not playing him on purpose because they're worried that their undrafted uh, signee, <laughs> Kenneth Lawson Jr., who everybody loves, is actually going to look better than the first-round draft picks, and they're not trying to rush him along. Uh, there might be a little bit of truth to that. Hey, we've seen it. We've seen it happen. It happens. I mean, uh, it can't so, look too good. Yeah, you might make us look bad. So does that mean he uh, he, he may be wearing red for the hustle this year? Is that or, or is that who they their G League team is? Yeah, uh, down in South Haven, about twenty minutes from Memphis. Uh, I, I Soto Civic Center. So that's two mentions yep. in, in in two days, there Drew. You go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think he'll play a lot of. A lot of games for them. He'll, he'll also probably see some action for the Grizzlies at some point this year. Injuries happen to everybody. So uh, I know Grizzlies fans really hope to see him. I, I would certainly – I think it's interesting. He's he really option. is a fascinating-looking guy, man. I mean, watching clips of him and that kind of thing from his time at La Tech, he's – his game doesn't match his stature. No. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So. No, it doesn't. Interesting. Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, we might should talk a little bit about the Knicks. <laughs> what do you know about them as they come into FedEx Forum tonight? Sure. I think the Grizzlies have a uh, a challenge on their hands. I, I don't see the Knicks being better than just like an average team this year. Julius Randle uh, at one point a few seasons ago was like an all NBA player. He's kind of come back to uh, the norm. Gravity's sort of pulled him down a little bit since then. RJ Barrett has gotten better in his career. And obviously RJ and Ja are tied together a little bit because there was a minor debate when uh, Ja was being drafted, who you take uh, with the number two pick, whether it was RJ or Ja. Uh, so I guess that storyline is, is moderately interesting. And then they add Jalen Brunson this summer. Um, and he was terrific for the Dallas Mavericks. The Grizzlies had plenty of chances to, to watch him play because they play the Mavericks so often. Um, and so I, I think that the Knicks are, are in for a mediocre year. And it, it may not be a good year to have a mediocre year because, you know, you, you have all these teams that are probably going to be trying to tank for Victor Wembanyama in the draft. And then you've got a lot of teams that are going to try to compete. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that middle ground shakes out. And I, I see the Knicks as one of those teams that's probably going to fall in the, in the middle ground of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, well, I'm just curious to see if they can take that next step. We asked Landon Seacrest yesterday, could the Grizzlies take the next step? We'll ask Drew today, do you feel like this team can be can take the next step or is it kind of, or did they hit their ceiling last year for now? I think that they can. Uh, they certainly can take the next step. I think that uh, it's probably more likely, given the landscape of the Western Conference, that this year you're not going to win 56 games and, and you know tie your franchise record for wins the way you did a season ago. Um, just because the Nuggets will be a lot better. The Clippers are probably going to be a lot better. Uh, the Warriors are obviously still a great team. So I, I think that it'll be more challenging to – to pass those specific measurements. Uh, if you are the Grizzlies, your focus this season, and they've talked about it in uh, some of these press conferences and after practice and whatnot, the focus has to be let's develop these rookies, let's get them better, um, let's make Ja better, let's surround him with the right talent, let's see if Desmond Bain can take another step. 
and let's get Jaron Jackson Jr. healthy and keep him healthy for the full season. If they can accomplish that, even if you don't win 56 games, even if you're not the second seed in the West, even if you lose again in the second round of the playoffs, I think you can feel pretty good about the way that the season went given your youth. So um, I think that they can take the next step. They have a lot of their best players still on this team. I don't like to bet against Ja. The guy's been amazing since since he got to the town. Um, but I think that the Western Conference is, is just that much tougher this year. So um, I, I'm not expecting some sort of 56-win season again. I don't think that would really be a fair expectation. There you go. Drew Hill at Drew Hill underscore DM of the Daily Memphian joining us here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Drew, I know you got to get down uh, to FedEx Forum, so we'll let you do that. But we appreciate you taking some time with us today, man. Yep. Thanks, guys. See it. Take care. All right. So there you go. The Western Conference is just going to be that much better. And the <laughs> that means no better time to expand the NBA than now. <laughs> Again, get and Memphis to the east. Yeah, Memphis or Minnesota. I'm not sure who comes. You know, I think a Atlanta, Miami, Memphis, New Orleans vision is fun, though. Yeah, it is. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. That it, it makes too much sense for the NBA, That's though. It's, sensibility has never made sense in uh, in the world of Sports, sports in that regard specifically and mm-hmm. creating conferences and whatnot. Remember the Atlanta Braves were in the NL West forever. So. Forever. <laughs> Go figure. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, um, this will be a full break. Justin, we'll give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. And Florida. And in Florida. That's right. On Main Street Sports Day, stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. 
purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Christian Mopatton coming to you here on this Wednesday edition. It is a wild and wacky Wednesday. It's going to be a great end to the week, though, because we have tomorrow's show will be very high school-centric, high school football mainly. There will be a little state tournament talk, I'm sure, and some TSSAA numbers discussions, potentially. We will also have um, Matt Kreisky, coach of the fifth-ranked in Class 6A Centennial Cougars on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe. So a little... A little CCCHS as they go into homecoming on Friday night against visiting Laverne. And we'll also give you our picks for the 10 uh, most intriguing games from across Middle Tennessee, MainStreetPreps.com. Pick them. And on Friday, we will give you our college football picks. Should be fun. We go against the spread, as always. Or the spread I'm, goes I'm, against us. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by what you consider fun <laughs> because well, it's not been great. It's and, and I'll just tell you, let's see, is this right? Is this this past weekend? I'm not. Uh, no, none of us, none of us cracked 500 this weekend. The system went six and four, and and would have gone eight and two, but I thought I knew better. So the Almost. system went eight and two. The system went eight and two. Oh wow! You just didn't execute the system. I didn't execute the system. There you go. <laughs> and even going six and four, it advanced 170 spots and is now in the 99.9th percentile of Pickham uh, users <laughs> on ESPN's college the football. Is- so yes, the system oh, is no. like ranked in the top 175 picks in the in the country. country. We'll get him next time. Please don't tell JP that. (laughs) JP, if you're listening, just ignore that. Let's get to it. The weirdest and wildest news from across the world. Have you got any weird music, Justin? Any any wild? Does Justin have any any, weird music? Wild and wacky style music we can throw? I could do some weird sounds with my mouth. Uh, Let's not do that. Okay. Um, Maybe we'll just yeah. Maybe we'll just stick to. To, to nothing here, yeah. but I do have an update. I don't know if you guys remember when the COO of Beyond Meat after the Arkansas Wait, bit game, somebody's bit nose, nose off or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, he is he, or maybe he not was, off, just bit somebody's yeah. nose. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, did he lose his job? He, he did. No. Uh, according to a, a recent filing with the FEC, uh, sorry, the SEC, uh, Be, Beyond Meats has uh, moved on from him as the COO, former Tyson Meats and McDonald's executive. He should have been beyond meat, huh? Yeah. Uh, see, if he if he would only eat vegetables. He'd have been fine. He would have been fine. Yeah, 
but you instead, know. you know, it is what it is. You can't just go around biting people's noses. <laughs> you really can't. I mean, with, Man, that's with kind of been today's theme. You just can't do that. <laughs> well, that's a new Bubba, you can't do that. That's Jermaine, you can't do that. <laughs> Beyond meat guy, you you can't do that. It's crazy, you have to point that out, but it's amazing. Like, yeah, Justin, you're right. You shouldn't have to tell people that you can't bite people's noses, but clearly, <laughs> that's to hear it. And it's a little late, I guess. Yeah. I guess he knows now. He knows. 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It was a team win there. <laughs> that was a team win. Absolutely. Yeah. Mo, um, you you po- you pointed this out on Twitter. You you had a conversation about it. There was no Samuel L. Jackson involved, but there was a snake on a plane. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> on a from flight Miami from Miami to Newark, from, from Florida to New Jersey, a garter snake was found on United Air Fly- United Airlines Flight Twenty Thirty Eight. A passenger told News 12 New Jersey that business class travelers started shrieking and pulling their feet up as the plane was taxiing after landing. So they went the whole flight. The the snake snake was just fine. Yeah. Until they got ready to land. And then it's like, well, I'm going to create some some stuff. Well, you got to think. I mean. Where had it been all along? One, as but as a passenger, you're you are prepared for the things that your body will experience as a plane is descending from 30,000 feet. I don't know what impact that has on a, on a snake, but it probably isn't, you know, nothing isn't great. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. the snake probably went, what the crap is going on hmm. and went nuts. Next thing you know, how did it get on there? To how did it with? get on the plane? That is the, that is the question. Well, I don't know the answer, but hmm. Luckily, <laughs> no one nor the snake was harmed. The snake was later released into the wild. Uh, the wild of New Jersey. So, Well, and see, that's the thing is they're common in Florida, but not in New Jersey. Yeah. So it's like maybe we need to put it back on a plane and take it back to Florida. No. <laughs> no, snake's going to have to figure it out. <laughs> Sorry, snake. Sorry, bro. You you put your you got on the one way flight, not yeah. me. <laughs> no, we're not doing this again. Imagine if it hadn't though, and like the next flight was to Chicago. <laughs> I, mean, I just I I can't imagine being one of those passengers though. You're just gonna sit in there minding your own business, getting ready to you in know business class too. Like it's not just you know you're sitting in the back with smelly guy next to you no you're in business class i mean well i mean you're descending so you're getting ready to get your phone out turn it back on figure out your your transportation where you're going to go eat that kind of thing you're just cooling and all of a sudden <gasps> hmm. you're like who just opened a sparkling water <laughs> nope that's a snake you're right yeah yeah that's oh. crazy yeah you better watch out hey you know mo you wear contacts right i do I also wear contacts. I cannot. You weren't yesterday or Monday, I guess it was. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. One day this week I wasn't wearing contacts, but I have a question. How would you not know that you have 23 contact lenses in your eye? 23? 23. In one eye? One eye. 
Dr. I have to feel there's no way. And there's no way you couldn't know. Dr. Katarina Kurtiva posted a clip on her Instagram of her teasing the lenses from underneath a woman's eyelid. Did she think that they just dissolved? I mean, you know, maybe she slept in them. Maybe she thought it fell out. I, I, 23, though? 23. I, I, this optometrist found 23 contact lenses on, per, on a person's eye. And they said they didn't know it was there. Oh. Yeah, it says she didn't know that they were that they were there. Now I just don't feel like that's even possible. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. So, yeah. I I mean, twenty three contact lenses that would stack up. They'd be pretty. If thick. they were all where they're supposed to be, yeah. And, and and I don't know how they could be there otherwise. Uh, it just doesn't make any. And they were on top of her like eyelid though, so uh, like they're like uh, poking so, out. yeah, her eyelid. How do you just? I, I don't. That makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. None. All right, um, Justin, if you want to pull up story number three Got it. under Wild and Wacky. The picture that goes along with this is just too good not to share. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, there are some times when the sign at your local pond might read, uh, you know, don't feed the fish. Definitely don't use a hot dog to feed the fish oh. because this is a perfect example of why those warnings exist. You might lose your dang hand. Oh, Lord. As... This lady who, you know, basically said, hold my beer and watch this as I hold a hot dog in the water had this is a tarpon. A tarpon, a tarpon that is, oh, biting her, her arm. Oh, oh, my gosh. Her whole hand is inside of that her thing's whole mouth. Hand. She is. She is noodling a tarpon. Oh She's a fool. She is. <laughs> Uh, the average size tarpon ranges from 25 to 80 pounds, but big monsters can get up to eight feet long and weigh between two and 300 pounds. Thankfully, they don't really have teeth. Do they not? Say, kind of sandpaper-like teeth or whatever, kind of oh, like okay. how bass feel. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so there's a video at the bottom of this. But, I mean, she's clearly not prepared for noodling. I mean, that wasn't no, her intention no. at all. No, not at all. It, I mean, scroll down, they wear gloves and that kind of thing. All the way to the bottom. Keep going. All the way. Okay. Yeah, there's an Instagram video, and you just kind of got to watch it. Oh, good Lord. She just smacked oh, water. Oh. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> She's not in a boat. She's on a bridge. Bro, I'd be freaking out. She's staying calm. She's like, can I have the back things? She's like, she knew, like, what was happening. Oh. That's the one. And that's funny to her. Uh, clearly it was. <laughs> you go figure, man. Oh my god. Play gosh. stupid games. Win stupid prizes. I mean, at least she got her hand back, I guess. She got well, I guess if it hadn't been, you know, she must have known it was a tarpon or something, because she had to have seen it because you know, she was saying, Hey, watch this, and when it came up she knew we know we know how that usually goes hey, in the south. Watch this. Yeah. exactly classic men like that mm. would you like laughing hold my beer <laughs> luckily for her it did and so there you go that is your wild and wacky news for the week some people are just crazy
Just crazy. <sighs> not me though. I don't. I, I try not to do stupid things. I don't stupid mess classes. with animals, man. Not like that. I mean, they're they're really unpredictable, and you know, I like my limbs. So. And they travel business class. <laughs> yes, they do. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yes, they do. Mm. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Thanks, you guys, for hanging out with us. And uh, thanks to Drew Hill and Heather Williams for taking time with us today. Tomorrow, Matt Kreisky and Centennial High School will join us. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, come back tomorrow, two o'clock, Friday, two o'clock as well. If you are not listening, if you're not watching this, or if you are watching this and you maybe aren't from Middle Tennessee and you don't care about Middle Tennessee high school sports, we'll see you on Friday. <laughs> but if you do, we'll see come you on back. Yeah. This has been Main Street Sports Today. I'm Chris Yao. He's Mo Patton. Jay, Justin Kulik on the controls. We will see you tomorrow.